Tabletop Arcanum's first and introductory episode. Uh, I'm Justin, and my co-host sitting across from me is... Ricky. And we're here to kind of talk to you about board games, tabletop games, whether it's going to be miniatures, whether it's going to be RPGs. Primarily, we're going to sit around and talk about board games. Whether it's news or it's... It's uh, experiences that we've had playing. We want, just want to make sure that you have everything you need to know before you jump into something new. So, welcome. Join us on this adventure exploring the hobby. Uh, so, to start with, I do want to ask you, Justin, I'm sitting here in a room full of your games. How, how long have you actually been playing? If we want to be truthful to ourselves, I've been in the hobby for about 20 years started when I was a kid, grew up on it. Like most people, probably encountered the, the Monopoly, sorry mm. level of things that, you know, at, you know, we're talking 20 years ago. Um, but that's what kind of was around. We're not in the, this, the age of board games that we are in now, uh, mm. back then. Um, but I kind of cut my teeth on... I want to say it was Empire Builder by Mayfair Games as like the first real meaty game I played with. Uh, that was with my parents, and I was infatuated with trains, so a train-themed board game made a lot of sense. Kept us kind of keeping going as a family, and, and ever since then I've always had games in my background, in my pocket, and went from video games to board games to card games to back to video games, back to board games. Um been playing rpgs for 20 years now too so yeah it's it that's my benchmark of where i'm sitting and you've also you've worked uh at a game store you've worked at a video game store so you've kind of not only played but you've had to sell and understand the games to show off um so that is very impressive uh yeah no no that is the the years of retail behind me that i i you know have those waking nightmares for them but it's actually a great thing to be able to sell an item or, or product or service that you're passionate about, which was kind of where I was at that point in my life. Mm. So, and you know, for those who are thinking about a job in that, most of the time you get an employee discount, which then fuels your hobby, which actually ends up typically meaning you're going to spend more on it rather than save on it. Don't fool yourself. Just enjoy the discount and don't look at the bottom line if you can help it. You don't dig into your own supply. Just sell the games. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's yeah, there's a whole rabbit hole we can go down on that. So yeah, that's a little bit about my background in the in the hobby and the industry. Just seeing where we go from there, because now I'm gonna share that passion, share that knowledge, and hopefully they'll fill some sort of niche that isn't quite there. Here we are. There we are. Alright. So well for me I've I've been playing. Oh, I've been playing video games my entire life. I kind of made the transition from video games over to board games. Probably say ten-ish years ago. Played a few uh, tabletop RPGs. Um, I unfortunately got sucked down the uh, uh, Warhammer rabbit hole. Uh, so that was a good chunk of my uh, my life painting and always losing with my Imperial Guard. But yeah, I mostly. I'm a rebel gamer who jumps into a game without knowing too much about it, hoping to at least learn something new. 
which could explain the Imperial Guard choice, right? Oh, it, it was the cheapest army I could uh, I could buy to have the most miniatures to find out that I just had to keep sending wave after wave of my own men. Yeah, no, that that, that sounds like Imperial Guard 101 uh, in that Warhammer 40k grimdark future. So, you started out in Warhammer and things of that nature and kind of mm-hmm. grew into it. So where are you now? What do you like to play? I, I typically do a lot of... I'm, I'm going to just throw it out there already. Huge Star Wars nut. So anything Star Wars based really draws me right in. So thoroughly enjoying the the uh, Edge of the Empire and all the fancy flight Star Wars uh, games. Yeah, they have a, a really strong license there right yeah, now. That, the... um is literally printing the money. Yeah, Gen Con really made me reevaluate why I'm not buying more, and then made me buy more. So, right now I'm currently I've bought almost every expansion for Star Wars Legion, and I'm painting through them all. So this is my life. Um, well, the good news is you have all those Imperial Guard that you practiced on to get better at painting stormtroopers in white armor instead of tan and green. Yeah, uh, I mean. You can almost put the Imperial Guard next to uh, the Rebels. You almost have a, uh, a spitting image, but uh, yeah, it, I, I enjoy Star Wars way too much not to play. I hear you. It, it, it's a big fandom of mine, too, so I'm not going to be shy about uh, uh, star, my, my love of Star Wars or Star Trek or sci-fi in general. The other rabbit hole I crawl down in is, is usually the H.P. Lovecraft games. Mm-hmm. Which, again, we go back to Fantasy Flight in there. Yeah, they kind of have a big license on that one. Now, luckily, just, that's public domain, so therefore, they're not the only one uh, printing board games out there. Yeah, but with they the, with that, but they are putting out some really high quality stuff as in that genre, and we'll definitely talk about that at some point because I have my own thoughts, opinions coming from a literary fan side and a board game fan side. Mm-hmm. It's it's they do something very different that uh, I'm not sure if Lovecraft himself would be appreciative of but hey you know it's a fun game it's a fun universe mm-hmm. um any other fun facts about ricky that our listeners should be aware of like your love of star wars i just i just really really love star wars oh uh, well other than that you already brought the trains ticket to ride is a game that finally got my girlfriend to start playing board games with me so i'm slowly turning her over to the uh the dark side of gaming I have been playing a lot of the Harry Potter uh, Battle for Hogwarts. Ton of fun. Very, yes. very fun. Very easy to, to get beginners into, even if they just have a small inclination to Harry Potter. Right. You know, kind of going back to what I said earlier, it's that golden age of board games that we're kind of in. And mm-hmm. to flashback 10, 20 years ago, well, maybe more than 10 years ago, I want to say it's been about 15 years, mm-hmm. that we've kind of, kind of hit this, like, building steamroll pile of gaming before that it was very slim picking so you either like it was a, a euro game or, or something of that nature mm-hmm. or it was the uh hasbro american style thematic games that were just roll roll dice move mechanics and it was very mm-hmm. that's what you got and that's that everything was like a variation of that and we're a very different place now now nah. so it's kind of exciting to kind of think about that as far as where it's come where it's going and where we are next we're also in the age where just because you can license something doesn't mean you can just put out something and slap an image on it like all the uh good old 
Star Wars games of my childhood that were just reskinned, whatever, and mechanically uh, didn't make sense, or... But there's a few gems in there. There's there's a few. There's a few. Very rare. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. no I, I definitely hear you on that one. There was definitely a time and place where it was, oh, it has Star Wars on it, so people are going to buy it because it says Star Wars, and... Now you can't get away with putting out a a, a half done or or, or reskin product as much. Mm. Um, some things are getting reskinned. I'm not gonna lie. I'm staring at a copy of Raineth Cthulhu, which is just Cthulhu Pandemic. Mm. But it had to be built off of a very solid game, and they had to do something different with it that made people want to pick up both that and your standard mm-hmm. Pandemic. And I mean, we can even go into um, Five Minute Marvel. Which is a reskin of Five Minute Dungeon. I mean, that game is just fun. No matter which one you play, if you're a Marvel fan, it's it's great just to plop down in front of you and, and play a few rounds. We played a few rounds uh, last week. Right. And we both just thoroughly enjoyed it. So, that's a little bit about us. Mm. That will become more evident as we keep talking about what we like to talk about. Mm-hmm. So today, we actually want to kind of kick this off because uh, you brought it up already. We went to Gen Con. So, kind of want to do a Gen Con recap. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll kind of start with our day zero and day one, and then on our next episode, we'll dive into days two through four. And I actually called day zero because we actually went down Wednesday um, mm-hmm. and got the fantasy flight in-flight report. But I want to start off with the fact that you never went to Gen Con before. I've never been, so this is my first time going. Didn't I? I've been to other conventions for all kinds of different hobbies or interests and. Didn't necessarily know what to expect with Gen Con. I did not expect what happened, and, you know, honestly, I, I don't think anyone, if you haven't been to Gen Con, can expect what happens when you get there. It's just, it was just a ton of fun. It is a nonstop. It's a living thing. It keeps you going. Yeah, I hadn't been to Gen Con personally in a good long while. You know, it, it originally started up in Lake Geneva, went to, to Milwaukee, now is living in Indianapolis. I hadn't gone until it was at Indianapolis, and I went one year, did a day, went, wow, that's really cool, and didn't even realize how much I missed Mm -hmm. by not only just going one day, but just not continuing to go. Well, that's even, I I was just talking to you before we started recording about how, you know, we went four days, and I'm sitting here going, oh, I didn't realize that this happened, I didn't realize that this happened, we missed so much, and we were just in the thick of it the whole entire time. We got up at yeah. eight, 8 in the morning, came home at 1 to 2 in the... Uh, 8 in the morning, came back at 2 in the morning, 1 or 2 in the morning. Uh, I want to say it was at least 2 on most nights. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't get back to to, to to bed till probably 3 on most nights. Mm-hmm. And I just rinse and repeated each day until uh, the end. Um, so let's kind of dive right into our big topic today. As far as Gen Con Day Zero, what our thoughts are, um, and and kind of go from there. Uh, the big thing that we did Day Zero was the Fantasy Flight in-flight report, mm-hmm. um, which I really didn't have any real expectations walking in. Um, this was a very unusual year for uh, Fantasy Flight because they were very quiet leading up to it, where I can say two years ago they were pitching Mansions of Madness 2nd Edition like weeks before and then we're like 
yeah, we're going to sell it to Gen Con and, and then, you know, show it off more. Mm. But this year, they were very quiet leading up until that day. And for good reason. They had a, a lot, right? They they uh, also co-sponsored Gen Con. So they, they had a pretty big quiet lead up, but a big presence there. It was very, 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 very um, nice. So they opened with one of my favorites, um, and as soon as like the the reel started, and I saw like the color scheme of their logo, I went, mm-hmm. "Oh, I know exactly what they're gonna announce here!" And boom, here comes Arkham Horror Third Edition, mm-hmm. um, the board game which we haven't, se- you know, Second Edition was two thousand five. We haven't s- seen anything on that one since I want to say maybe twenty thirteen may have been the last expansion. Are you the reigning champ? Um, kind of. So, fun story. Justin is kind of the reigning champ for Arkham Horror. They haven't put it on in a few years, but you were the last one to win. Correct. Um, so the Arkham Horror Second Edition board game came out. They have their event in um, Minnesota every year called Arkham Nights. It's a usually two or three day event. Um, lately, it's been going down to two days. And it's all of their Lovecraft-based games. Um, started going in 2012. Um, went up there. They had the Arkham Horror League, which was three scenarios that you had to score um, using their special rules and their special setups with a select list of investigators. And this was like your, here's your challenge. Go. See how well you can do. Um, me and two other friends went up there and dominated that whole challenge. I think we were one of two teams that finished all three scenarios, let alone in the time frame that they gave us. And mm-hmm. um, got nice little award plaques, things of that nature. And cool story, um, we kind of jokingly describe ourselves as the reigning uh, uncontested, undefeated champs of Arkham Horror, but they've never hosted the league since then. That was the last year. They did it like the year before, and then the year we went, and they just haven't done it since. And a lot of it's because that game kind of faded out. Eldritch Horror came out. Mansions of Madness came out. Um, A couple years ago, the Arkham Horror, the card game came out. Mm -hmm. So they've been moving on to different franchises and and modes, which is kind of why that's taken kind of a a backseat. I'm really excited for 3rd Edition because... He, maybe the league's coming back and maybe we can defend that title and, and actually say, yeah, we are still the champion uh, team. Um, I actually got to play 3rd Edition while I was at Gen Con. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about that in the next episode because I did that later in the, in the weekend. Um, but if you are thinking about Arkham Horror, um, talk to your local game store. Or if you don't have a local game store that is convenient to you, talk you can actually go through Fantasy Flight's website and pre-order it. Uh, by pre-ordering it, either through your local store or through them, uh, they're throwing in the hardcover deluxe rulebook, which has some extra fluff and mm-hmm. more in there. So, um, doesn't hurt. Doesn't cost you anything extra. Plus, then you know you can get a copy and not have to worry about it. Um, and then after they showed the case that, they kind of kept going on this, like, hey, it's Lovecraft, let's go. Um, and showed a little bit of the Managers of Madness um, video game, mm-hmm. Mother's Embrace, which is actually going to be coming out on Steam, which looks like a point-and-click adventure game. I'm not quite sure where they're going with it, but it, it seemed interesting. It's a d- definitely different take on what they're doing. It did bring me back to the days of booting up my Windows 95 
uh, desktop and playing all the games that I had on repeat, knowing where everything was. So I'm looking forward to actually being able to jump into there and kind of get the old point-and-click feel. But it looked it was a beautiful game from what, they, what they've shown so far. Right. Um, then they showed off the Lord of the Rings digital LCG, which is... Which, if you look at it, it almost looks like Hearthstone mm-hmm. um, with Lord of the Rings instead yeah. of Warcraft. But it's actually a... They're lifting the actual LCG card game, putting it digitally, mm-hmm. and you unlock new cards by making progress in the game. So your, your decks will get better as long as you keep kind of continuing through that. Um, so they showcase that a little bit. Uh, I'm curious to kind of see where they are... Because that card game's been around for a while. They're still putting out quality cards and, and packs and things. Mm-hmm. I'm just seeing if they're going to make this a joint thing where they're running both concurrently. Or is the card game going to fade out because the digital version is going to take over. Mm-hmm. I hope not. Because the, they, we, we played the, the card game there. Um, in, uh, what day was that? That was day two? That was, yeah. No, no, no. no that, that, was, was... that was Thursday. That was day one. Yeah, we played uh, Arkham, and then we played that. Right, so... Within, like, a two-hour period or something like that. Yeah, something like that. But that alone makes mm-hmm. me want to play that game more, so... Yeah. Um, and another... They kind of kept rolling with these punches. Like, the the Lord of the Rings digital game, I knew they were going to talk about, because that, that's coming out really soon, um, in the next month or two. And then... They also brought out that they were doing an expansion for a game that you never thought we would do this. Um, And it ended up being the Game of Thrones second edition board game. Mm -hmm. Which got a couple, like, mini expansions that they kind of print on demand Mm -hmm. to kind of advance the timeline. Because the the, the timeline of that book is like, or timeline of the game as far as the books is like, it's book one. This is the board game. It, you know, all the political factions and things like that are just set for that. And their little mini expansions allow you to say, okay, maybe we're at book two or book three in the series. And so as if you're a fan of the series, you know, or show whatever, characters die. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Things change. So it's, it's, it's a rough world. And some of the cards would swap out and, and you would kind of get that. Like, okay, now we're at this point in the timeline. Um, but the biggest thing I saw was that they're adding not only the, the extra player count, so you can actually play up to eight players. By the way, this game already takes way too long and it is a heavy bloated, great game, but it, you got to dedicate some time to it. And I can only imagine you have to dedicate like what's going to sound like a weekend if you want to play eight players, like, all right, you're going to get, you're going to cook breakfast. I'm going to set up the game, and then we're going to all play. Uh, we'll call in pizza for lunch, and then um, you over there, whoever's losing, is going to buy us all dinner. Like, we're going to be eating and playing this game all day. Um, personally, I I can do that. Mm-hmm. Not everybody can. And yeah. I, I definitely understand where people are like, wow, we're going to add two players to an already very long game, and more times you add players the longer games get mm-hmm. um the thing i did really 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 want to stress that i loved about this announcement though is i, I can't remember have you played this one i have not no okay so 
three-player count. You have to play... Um, oh, I'm going to have to remember. You have to play, like, Stark, Lannister, and uh, Baratheon. Like, mm-hmm. You have to play those houses. And when you add a fourth player, you add Greyjoy. And when you add a fifth player, you add, I believe it's Tyrell. And when you add a sixth player, that's when you get Martell. You can't play those those later houses with lower count players. Mm-hmm. Like, mm. it is it is very much a forced, like, nope, these are the ones. This is who, the number of players, these are the houses. No, you can play Stark this time, I'll play Stark next time, fine. But if we're a smaller group that does never sees those higher player count games, we're never going to see those player those factions in play mm-hmm. and experience it. They're changing that with this expansion. You can play any house with any player count. Oh. So, you want to play Martell? Play Martell. I don't care. Day one. Day one. With two, with, well, I think it's minimum three player games if I remember mm-hmm. right. But, but that was one of those things I went, wow, that's a great thing that needs to, that that game needed to have mm-hmm. um i don't know if it needed eight players but getting the, around that house restriction was a good thing um after that they they dived into the their other aspect of not just board games anymore they've got rpgs too and they've kind of mm-hmm. had those for a while and they're they're post uh the new the new shiny baby is the lord uh, legend of the five rings rpg uh, the beginner game launched at Gen Con. Um, I think stores are getting it right about now as we're recording this. And they announced the the setting book, so you can actually get more into the world of Rakugan. And it's it's the new edition of Legend of Five Rings that's been around. The mm. RPG's been around. Um, but since they got the license from AEG um, a couple of years ago and launched the, the card game again, and Legend of Five Rings is back. And mm-hmm. now, now the RPG is back and in a new edition. Yeah. Um, and then I'm going to kind of turn this over to you. I've been talking for a little bit here. Um, cause we're kind of hitting on what you want to talk about. Oh, what gave me heart palpitations while we were sitting there out of nowhere. Uh, they just, they got me. First thing they did for, uh, Star Wars, uh, Armada was bring out that, uh, Super Star Destroyer. Things about a foot and a half long. It was a beautiful i can't even really say mini because it was a biggie starting price two hundred dollars but that's a tough thing to swallow yeah i'm not an armada player Mm -hmm. 200 bucks is a high price point it's a beautiful miniature and we saw it close up in a case and like i'm not gonna lie it's pretty i do want to talk about a little bit later about a 200 dollar mini that uh I, I think destroys it, but that's I think your preference versus. Oh no! Yeah, I know which two hundred dollar mini you're talking about, and that that is a tough choice. But if I was going to make a coffee table around a mini, it would be the Super Star Destroyer. That's that true. thing, that thing was just truly gorgeous. So, and, so that's the Armada announcement. That was mm-hmm. that was a big shiny thing, and and the I want to say the room erupted. Yeah. Pretty excitedly when that happened too. It it just got crazy in there. It was it was a beautiful sight. But then. Then, uh, well, they went over to uh, Legion. They announced uh, the uh, they announced Chewy, and they announced the uh, Wookie Warriors. So those are going to be coming out soon. They announced that they're going to be putting out two personnel expansions: the Rebel and the Imperial uh, Specialists. You get four minis each in both of those. They announced X Wing, X Wing 2.0, the conversion kits for it. Um, First Order and uh, Resistance are getting their own factions. They showed us a few, like the RZ2 A-Wing and the Mining Guild 
X-Wing. And I know I sound like I'm getting very going through this very fast, but that's mostly because I'm very excited about what I just what I'm about to say. They announced Clone Wars. And yeah. I Yeah. I'm spe- I'm still speechless over this. I mean, the only thing that we got to see for Clone Wars, they announced that it was going to be they're going to be putting Clone Wars into Legion and X-Wing. The only kind of promo stuff that they threw up was a um, Jedi Starfighter and the Sith Infiltrator for X-Wing. Even but, those. <sighs> like, they even, were... Yeah. No, I'm with you. Oh, the pictures were beautiful. Yeah. I, I just can't wait. And honestly, that's what sold me on Legion. I, I, I immediately told Justin I needed to go over the Fantasy Flight booth and pick up as much as I could. And I actually made th- three stops at their booth over the course of the weekend to buy more and more Legion stuff. Yeah, um, I I was not a good friend to you that day. You were a you. great friend. It was, uh, it was amazing. Uh, oh, so so, not only are we getting that in X Wing, but mm-hmm. we're also getting a Legion. So my Trade Federation droid army to 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 mock your old my. Imperial Guard of. I'm just going to throw droids at you until they stop. I'm just going to have... Be a thing. I'm going to have... And, I mean, it's going to go back also on the uh, on the Rebel side, or, I mean, at least the uh, Galactic Republic. I'm going to be sending wave after wave of my own clone troopers. Oh, true. So... It's just, it's just mindless numbers at that point. But when Legion came out, or it was announced, and then it mm-hmm. came out, and I was like... I was always thinking to myself, like, why are we not capitalizing on... The Clone Wars arrow that showcased so much more ground battles, so much more personnel troops. Because mm-hmm. um, if, if you go back to like the original trilogy, it's a small band of rebels versus. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the biggest army battle we really saw, uh, you know, we saw Hoth, mm-hmm. which was a defense line of let's hold it until everybody escapes. We also saw Endor, mm-hmm. which was primitive Ewoks. Toppling the superior galactic empire with all of their tech. Decisive as that battle is <laughs> uh, in the fandom of whatever you want to think. You know, are Ewoks dumb or is the, the, the empire deserving of you know being taken mm-hmm. by primitives? Either way, we're getting that stuff. And I always thought, why wasn't Legion in that in the mm-hmm. first place? And for years, the X-Wing community has been actually asking for, we want we want droid, you know, droid starfighters. We want, we want Clone War stuff because... This stuff is cool, mm. um, and they kind of got there because there, there was the the ARC one seventies that came out, and there was like this kind of like oh yeah no no it's just a really old ship mm-hmm. that the that the alliance is using. But I want the shiny new version. <laughs> I want that Naboo Starfire with like where I blind myself because I flew too close to the sun. You know, chrome paint trap on it. Where's that stuff? Here it is. We're going to be getting it, and that's going to be, of course, in X-Wing 2.0 as they're ready mm. to launch the second edition. Since Gen Con, uh, they've also announced that they are doing a Clone Wars era tabletop to go along with the Edge of the Empire. And don't forget, Disney also said, hey, we're bringing Clone Wars back. Clone, I mean, I mean, <laughs> like, that's self-explanatory. I mean, we're, we're 10 years here. We're going to get the new uh, new season next year. Uh, we're also getting uh, Star Wars Resistance coming out next year too. So I mean, we're 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 coming into a very Star Wars heavy. We've been in a very Star Wars heavy time. It's about to get heavier, but yeah, very much. I'm uh, uh, I'm pretty okay with all that. So yeah, that that was the Star Wars brand announcements that they that they rolled out in Fantasy Flight, which was great. Good mm-hmm. stuff. Everybody was excited. And as I'm taking notes and things like that, and they they start launching this next reel, and it's like. 
the sci-fi anime it you know i i would look at it and went oh what is this i'm not sure mm-hmm. what they're talking it's like and that's a new ip brand new ip never before something they they create stuff off of stores lovecraft like they kind of recycle a lot of their things um or get ips from other people um mm-hmm. to, to make their games and all of a sudden we don't always see originality in product from them mechanics ideas how they push things out yes but not necessarily the baseline what it is from and they announced keyforge a one-of-a-kind unique game is what they're posing this as mm. and the big idea is they got uh, they got richard garfield came out with this idea and according to to him this is they finally found a way to produce such a game because that was the biggest question and and richard garfield is like the grandfather of ccgs with you know magic gathering Mm -hmm. you can probably attest this when we were kids it was cool i you know i played magic like everybody else did Mm -hmm. busted open his pack and got this crazy rare super powerful green card that nobody i never saw knew existed Mm-hmm. And I would slide it right into my deck and then play somebody and go, boom, here's this crazy creature. And they're like, what is that? And I'll go, I don't even know. It's crazy. <laughs> and over the years, with the evolution of the, the, the internet and and whole set list being spoiled and, mm-hmm. and becoming a monetary sort of system of you bust that open, now you see it, it's your if you're in the game you're thinking that's a $40 card that's mm-hmm. a $20 card that's a it almost like takes the fun out of it because at the same time you open up a, a pack and if you see a $40 card you say do i really want to play with this or it's a... a $40 card right i'm i'm hesitant to even shuffle my deck with it in there and the deck lists are, are so constrained of this is my build this is how it works mm-hmm. and, and these are the cards i need this is what I need to buy. So he he kind of talked about this and said, I want to bring that wonder, that uniqueness back of you're the only kid in your neighborhood or your area mm-hmm. or the world that has that. And that's where kind of the idea of Keyforge was born out of it mechanically. So the idea is you're going to have your randomized deck it's the 36 card deck with a uh, a faction card with that has the deck list on it that is your deck there's no deck building there's no modifying it. it is that is what you play with you crack it open that's your deck you i crack one open that's my deck now we play so it, it's going to take back to that wonder of like oh what's in your deck what's in my deck we don't know until we actually you know play each other and encounter it and you're going to get three each deck's going to have three of the houses of the seven different houses and the combinations are in the quadrillions, they say, as far as the card pool, the how many are mm. how many of this card is in there? We might have the same three houses in both our decks, but, but not the, the card, same cards but the all. cards are going to be all different. You know, the card quantity of each copy, the the types, whatever. It's mm-hmm. all going to be different, and that's it's a very interesting mechanic. And and I went, okay, you got my interest. Forty dollars starter set that comes with all the tokens, so that you can like have your little keys that you forge, and then your 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 tokens for amber two learn to play decks and then two random decks that mm. are the the learn to plays are going to be every starter sets the same two they're designed to teach you the game between those two decks and then you take the other two and that's what you really play with and then from that point forward it's ten dollars for a new deck mm-hmm. cool okay that's not an unusual price point it it sits in a nice niche market yes it's more expensive than a magic pack or a destiny booster or, or whatever random ccg that you play i'd say it's on, it's on point when you buy 
like a pre-made deck though. Right. So that that that's why it's great. I mean, the other thing too is I legitimately had an intervention with Star Wars Destiny because I couldn't stop buying boxes. The people who loved me the most told me I had to move on. So this is something that's going to make it so that you're not tempted to just keep buying boxes of it. Trying to make that one deck. Trying to go after the meta. Trying to... to... That is one of those legitimate fears out there is crack a deck, look through it, go, oh, that's crap, next. Crack Mm. a deck, look through it, oh, that's crap, next. Until you get that magic deck that feels like it's a winner. I'm sure there's going to be people out there doing that. It's, it's, Mm -hmm. It's... the nature of a randomized collectible universe and there's going to be decks that are going to be overpowered and there's going to be decks that are underpowered and that's just going to be the kind of the nature of the beast at that point i was talking with some of the guys uh at the fantasy flight just kind of trying to pick their brain of how from an organized play level how they're going to control that and they then they um all the deck lists have a qr code and if they do find that there is a particular build or deck out there that the random generator number just spat out and it's like this super powerful can't be beat deck they have a way of limiting it in national tournaments and saying no that deck isn't allowed Mm -hmm. Um, it's going to be rough i think from both perspectives because great that keeps it like okay we know that's a banned deck unless you're actually following it how do you know Um, yeah so i think that's gonna be more we have to wait and see how that rolls out that's gonna be fourth quarter and they were very excited about that so it's a new thing and they actually announced uh, another board game mm-hmm. with that same uniqueness rule called discovery you saw this no one. i didn't i missed that one so that wasn't actually in the fantasy flight report mm-hmm. but that came out a week or two later so under that same unique game banner where you buy a box it's not quite a legacy game mm-hmm. because your contents are going to be different than my copy Mm-hmm. So we may be exploring the Arctic in yours, where mine's a forest jungle or desert. Mm. Um, the character mix-up mix is going to be different. Our goals in the games are going to be slightly different. They're going to have the same flavor, mm-hmm. per se, but your game's going to be definitely different from mine as we explore and play. Interesting. They're, they're the same game, but they're mm-hmm. not the same game. They were trying to not make it a legacy game, but it's the easiest way of trying to understand what this new genre is. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really what it is. It's a new genre of games. And if it works, great. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of interested in seeing what's going to happen. Yeah. Well, we'll really find out if it's going to pay off or not. So that was the Fantasy In-Flight Report. That was like this big, grandiose, mm-hmm. like way above my expectations. Because each announcement kind of just tried to top the next one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, if I was building a presentation, that's exactly how I would build it. Start small, grow big, and then just wow them at the end. Mm-hmm. You don't want to open with, you know, your Homestar Runner. Though, my opinion, they possibly did, because Arkham Horror 3rd Edition is amazing. Asterisk, until we get the full game and really realize what we got ourselves into. That's That was Day Zero. Yeah. yeah. I mean, for, for that was a hell of a Day Zero. Full of a lot of excitement. I mean, that that started, I want to say, at like 7, ended at 9, so it was a two-hour presentation. Day 1. This is where we actually had some events that we wanted to do and, 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 and try things out. First thing we did that day, besides get to the con and go, wow, there's everything everywhere, was the Arkham Horror card game LCG event, the Eternal Slumber. Yeah. I taught you this game two days early. Yep. And then we muddied through it very poorly because, mainly because I misread a few things. Graciously, though, I want to say and and give a shout out and thanks to Matt Newman, who was kind of walking around the events as we were all kind of playing through mm-hmm. the scenario and going, how are you guys doing? 
what are you, what do you like and what do you not like it? and literally taking mm-hmm. a live pulse of the player pool as we played it 100% called us out on you guys are playing on the wrong side of that card you're you're actually using the hard tokens not the easy tokens oh Thanks, Matt. Thanks for making it uh, a little bit easier on us, even though it was super brutal already. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, we played it a few more times throughout the week, and I would say even if we played it on the first, uh, played it on the easiest the first time, we probably still still would have got whomped. Um, for all you who are not familiar with um, LCGs, those are uh, living card games. So instead of picking up packs and digging through them, trying to find your cards, they have sets that they put out that they tell you exactly what's in there, and then you can build your deck off of that. So luckily for me, Justin is very deep, quite a few copies of everything. He's able to put me together put me together a deck, as well as put himself together a deck to play together. Right. And, and both of them worked very well together, so... That was my design goal behind them, is you know, if we took either one of those decks and ran solo, they would literally fall apart, mm-hmm. but together they kind of formed a Voltron of sort, yeah. um, super investigator, that could also um, be useful if we got a, it because walking and we didn't know how that event was necessarily going to be set up. Um, mm-hmm. I've done some of their official events before. Last year it was very regulated with Elaborate of Lunacy. This year was very loose and go. Like, mm-hmm. Here's your pack. Go play. Here's a sheet. Fill this out. Tell us how you did. Which is awesome because how we did at Gen Con slash everybody else who got into the event and did it and reported all that is going to impact the choices available for those players who are going to Arkham Knights. And those players at Arkham Knights are either going to have, I'm just going to be honest, they're going to have a tougher time because that scenario at Gen Con was not easy yeah we like you said we played it a couple times throughout the weekend with you know in our downtime Mm -hmm. um at the at our place and it was this okay we got better each time because Mm. we kind of knew what we needed to do a little bit better each time but man that first run through was rough i mean i would even say out of um we played it three times together and then i played it one time with a friend of ours and out of my four times playing it we only won once so there is no winner losing your Arkham Horror. Yeah, it's just true. Put, delaying the inevitable. We we only advanced to the end, <laughs> made right. it all the way to the end once. They they did throw in a few new mechanics. I know, um, and I'm not 100% familiar with uh, the game itself, but you did tell me um, some of the things, like Abyss was new. Right. I, I don't want to talk about it too much in case someone's listening and hasn't played it yet, because... One of the magical things about Arkham Horror, the card game, is that very first time you play through it, Mm -hmm. you have no idea what you're walking into, and there's a very unique um, experience. Um, But yeah, they they had a sliding scale mechanic where they called the Strength of the Abyss, certain card effects would make this worse or better. For the most part, it just made things worse, Mm -hmm. Um, and to make it better was very hard, if not impossible at some points in our mm-hmm. playthroughs that mechanic was very interesting and in a new thing that i hadn't seen them do in the card game yet as well as um there was an exploration uh factor that was a little bit different from the regular card game uh based on the scenario they had some neat, neat new stuff in there along with a lot of the traditional tropes mm. so it was it was a lot of fun that was that was our big first event after that we we had a little bit of break in time and we went and explored the vendor hall Mm-hmm. Um, which honestly, I'll tell you, the last time I went to Gen Con, that's like all I did. 
for that mm. one day I just wandered that hall. And that was like, I want to say at least a decade ago in the sense of it is so much bigger now. Mm-hmm. Over the weekend, I probably dedicated like two days to the vendor hall without even doing other events. And I think I saw everything. Yeah, we... I guarantee you I am not correct in that assumption. Yeah. But I feel like if I want to say I got 95%, I am feeling good about that. There was uh, some sort of siren song going on. They were just drawing us straight in there. And yeah, every time I went into that dealer's room, I saw something new. I saw a different... Somehow a different corner. You'd think they'd run out of corners, but... Yeah, yeah it's... No, there's corners, it was there's corners everywhere. Yeah. And, and what's funny is there would be that aisle that you're like, I swore I walked through this. And what you realize is you were looking at the left-hand side the entire time, mm-hmm. looking at all the booths on the left-hand side. And the right-hand side you never even saw, mm-hmm. though you walked past it. Yeah. Um, it's amazing. And it's a, I've been to other conventions, and I've never felt that necessary sense of wonder, but endless wonder mm-hmm. that that dealer hall has. Plus demos everywhere. Like... Come on, sit down, try this mm. game, try this game, let's talk. Okay, great, what do you got? Yeah. Um, which is also where you lose a lot of time. Yeah. Because those demos can take some time. Um, so we, we can explore that, got our lunch, came back, and we had our Lord of the Rings event. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lord of the Rings, the LCG, um, they had their Gen Con event, which was very unique. Because normally the event is, here's the event, this is what we do, this is the scenario, go. And they're always standalone scenarios, mm-hmm. but they're pre-constructed scenarios. This was the Wizards Challenge um, this year was very interesting in the sense of there was a series of uh, numbered encounter cards, and we had to get we literally built our own encounter deck of what we wanted to face. Mm-hmm. We had multiple goals to choose from. Not being veteran players, and in this particular game yet, I'm still kind of getting my feet wet into mm-hmm. the, the the card game of the Lord, Lord of the Rings in general. But the card game role is a definitely a deep deep dive yeah and just like arkham horror that was this event was my second time playing lore of the Rings. so again rebel gamer i just dive right in which is great because then you can give this very fresh perspective of we built the scenario played with uh another gentleman and his son arguably his son knew more about this game yeah both of us combined that kid was good he was real good um like that that's just how new we are to that particular game I enjoyed it, though. And I definitely want to explore more of that. And after seeing how they played and seeing how their decks work versus what we kind of threw together, Mm -hmm. thinking, hey, these cards sound fun. Let's play these. Wow. Yeah, no, there's a different level of deck building. And that game is very different from Arkham Horror in the sense of you almost build your deck to the scenario that you're going to try to attempt. Mm -hmm. Where Arkham Horror, you build your character... And your deck is your character, where Lord of the Rings, your deck is just a bunch of stuff, and then your characters are out in front of you. Mm-hmm. So, different aspects. It, one definitely inspired the next one, and the, it's a natural evolution of the, the, the franchise and the, the gaming mechanics. But that was that was a lot of fun, and very tough. Mm-hmm. Very tough. Yeah. Um, and that kind of took us through the end of, what, the dealer hall time frame had we didn't Mm -hmm. really get the chance to sneak back in there for that day but what are your thoughts day one gen con never been before boom all in front of you it was a lot of a lot to take in all at once i felt like we we got with all the time that we had there we got a lot done got to play a few games The, the dealer's hall i mean like you said that's that's a time sink. All of a sudden, you look around and you say, "Oh, we've got to be the next event right now." Oh yeah, and that next event's like a quarter mile away. Yeah, because you know everything's 
huge. Was that the day that we both picked up some pretty heavy items? Yes. Um, <coughs> so one thing we will forewarn you about is if you're thinking about buying anything, make sure you got somewhere to put it or a nice bag because a lot of the bags the dealers give you, while they may be nice little tote bags, when there's 60 pounds worth of wood in it. Looking at you, Justin. Well, just because it will I cut off a little crazy at Broken Token. It will cut off circulation. Yeah, it did. On top of all the Legion and X-Wing and everything that I bought. And I have to thank you for being my Samwise Gamgee and bearing <laughs> my burden mm. uh, when I couldn't at some points and vice versa. Yeah, no, um, that's definitely... We did not have a conjoined hotel. We had some friends who did and they were very gracious for us to steal their hotel key, run up to their room and drop stuff up in their room when we needed it. If you have a connected hotel, take advantage of that. Mm. Or if you don't or don't want to make those runs, plan those purchases out. Be a little bit smarter. Buy it near the end of the day. I Drive s- one day and then park. pay for parking because the $30 you'll spend on parking will save your fingertips. You can just run onto the car real quick, throw everything in there, right. and get right back into the game. So that, that I will say, is our day one lesson. Mm. Is is be a little bit smarter with your purchasing of when you're going to purchase or at least have a plan to do something with it. I didn't learn that lesson that entire week weekend. I know you didn't. I, I just kept buying stuff and yeah. I kept killing my fingers. Eventually I bought Lesson 2. There's probably a guy selling a board game bag. Found one. They sold tables, gaming yeah. tables. But for $20, they would sell you a backpack. And that was, although it made me very, very uh, elongated, was very comfortable. You, you turtled. I turtled. You literally turtled with it. I could shove you over, and all you would do is just like flail your little arms and yeah, and be stuck. I took uh, a few people episode. out. Yeah. So I think that about settles it for today, mm-hmm. and 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 our inaugural episode. Uh, I want to thank everybody for tuning in, listening, giving us a shot. I hope you continue to continue uh, to tune in, listen, download us, and whatever podcasting. Uh, service you have uh, available to you do plan on going through the rest of gen con next um but then we have other things that we want to touch base on i want to talk about the hobby in general get a little bit more into some of the terminologies that you hear um lcg ccg tabletop miniatures versus euro games versus ameritrash Mm -hmm. all these different terminologies because it's a hobby and and there there's a vocabulary attached to it so i kind of want to you know, at least dedicate some time to things like that and kind of get that. You may already be in this in this hobby and this is not news to you, but maybe it is. Um, mm-hmm. Or maybe it's a term that you haven't heard. Recently this year, I kind of heard the term FOMO for the first time. I say it FOMO. F-O-M-O. Yeah, I know exactly what that means, but for our listeners, can you... Uh, Fear just... of missing out. Oh, no, yeah, no, actually, I knew what that was. Yeah, so... I gave you the blankest look. You, you did. You were like, I have no idea what you're saying. Please I think I even to told you FOMO over the weekend. Yeah. Uh. And and a lot of that came out of the, the new resurgence of Kickstarter. And, and that's another topic, like Kickstarter. What are we looking at? What are, you know, What's a good Kickstarter? What's a bad Kickstarter? What's your experience? Mm-hmm. What's not your experience? Um, talking about things like friendly local gaming stores. Um, mm-hmm. And what you like, what you don't like. Um, we happen to be in an area that is very dense in stores. Mm-hmm. I can literally drive within 30 minutes to about a dozen different stores. Mm-hmm. Not everybody place has that. And if, if you don't have that sort of accessibility, I'm sorry. It is a beautiful thing to have. 
but there are some stores that do things differently or better or worse and i've kind of seen the gambit over the 20 years um and i want to talk about that too of like going to a store and definitely having a retail background myself mm-hmm. working in a store that sold board games and where my expectations are from not only that retail perspective but that shopper perspective mm-hmm. a lot more to come definitely keep keep us in mind tabletop arcanum is just getting off the ground so we do have a facebook page currently we are working on the rest of our social media uh, we will be uploading this also to YouTube and a few other uh, services. Just stay tuned. We'll make sure to keep the information coming in regards to everything else. Absolutely. Absolutely.